It is 7.03 p.m. on Tuesday, December 7th, 2021, 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor Day. And uh, we are convening our regular trustee meeting just a few minutes late here at 7.03, as I noted. Um, I'll ask everyone who's able to to please stand for the invocation, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. You please bow your head. Heavenly Father, first let me say thank you on behalf of all those gathered here this evening. Thank you for the abundant blessings that you've bestowed upon us all, Lord. Thank you for life itself. Thank you for the ability to be involved in useful work and for the honor of bearing those responsibilities. Thank you for the freedom to be able to openly worship you, Lord. But most of all, thank you for loving us. In the scriptures, you have said that citizens should obey the governing authorities since you are the one that established those authorities to promote peace, order, and justice. Therefore, Father, we pray for our trustees and township employees and ask that you would graciously grant them the wisdom to govern among the conflicting interests and issues of our times, a sense of the welfare and needs of our citizens, confidence in what is good and fitting, the ability to work together in harmony even when there is honest disagreement. And Father, we pray for personal peace in the lives of all those gathered here tonight. We pray for the agenda set before us tonight, Lord, and ask that you give an assurance as to what would please you, Father, and what would benefit those who work and live in the township. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Tracy. <clears throat> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thanks, everyone. Please be seated. <clears throat> Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Here. Mr. James? I am here. Mr. Weedman? Present. All right, we have minutes from our November 16th, 2021 meeting to take a look at here. Motion to approve. Second. All right, and just for the record, first we have minutes for the public hearing, followed by minutes from our regular meeting. Was your motion, motion? To hear, motion to approve the public hearing. Thank you. And Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter, call the roll, please. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Next, we have the minutes from our November 16th, 2021 regular meeting. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. Barber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. All right. With that out of the way, we have public comments on the agenda. Has anybody signed up or does anyone wish to make public comments? Yes, ma'am. If you would. Uh, Yep. At the podium, please state your name and your address. And you've got uh, four minutes for comments here. We ask that you be polite and respectful and let us know what you think. Thank you. My name is Emily Stupinger. I'm an attorney with the law firm of Strauss Troy. And I'm here on behalf of Viking Partners, uh, who own property at 8044 Montgomery Road. I'm actually here to speak regarding the proposition, the presentation that you're going to be hearing tonight from Meyer Properties. I'm happy to speak on the issue now, or I'm happy to speak on it after that presentation. Why don't we have you speak after the presentation, after we hear what they're presenting, and then um, we're happy to hear as a board comments from anyone uh, interested in addressing I think that it. makes more sense, so I okay. appreciate that. Thank sure. you. Sure. Thank you. Any other public comment? Mr. Early. <clears throat> I did sign up. The uh, list is still out there. I'm Al Early. Uh, I live at 8120 Glenmill Court. Uh, good evening. <clears throat> Here because of a kind of a good thing, and that would be the electric aggregation, which goes way back. 
Um, I used to go to meetings, and I remember back in October of, I guess it was 2020, that uh, there was a workshop, and the aggregation was discussed at that time, and uh, it was a good deal. Uh, the rates were good, and uh, as, I, as we've always done, stayed in it. You get the opt-out letter, and you discard it. So um, I guess when you get to be 75 years old, and you're retired, and sometimes you look around for things to do, you go through your electric bills and other things to make sure everything's uh, as it's supposed to be. Well, one of the things I did was to go through and uh, kind of track the aggregation implementation. And um, what happened was, um, it was, I guess it was in July that I took a look at it just to see where we were. And again, the aggregation was supposed to run, the, the 5.49 was supposed to run through uh, June, which it did. And then when the July bill came, which should have reflected the implementation July 1st, actually the August bill, um, there was no change. So I called, I called uh, Denergy, and uh, I was, I was told at that time, that was, let's see, when was it? That was in August 16th. I was told that the rate change would be a effective September the 1st. I scratched my head and I said, that doesn't make sense because it's supposed to be July 1st. And uh, so anyway, I, I called back in, uh, in October. Why? Because nothing had changed. No changes once again. I was told the rate of, was 5.49 and, um, and I was told that um, it was supposed to change. On, I said I was told it was supposed to change on September 1st, even though it was supposed to change on July the 1st. And uh, anyway, they didn't want to hear that. And, uh, they, and what they did was try to switch me to the, uh, to the uh, uh, green energy option. And I said, no, I didn't want that. And after a few minutes of discussion, I said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to contact the township and to see exactly where we are in here, because it doesn't sound like the aggregation is being implemented. Um, strangely enough, then, about six days later, I got a voicemail message from Mariah, whoever Mariah is with Energy. And she said um, that a refund of $10.39 would be sent. This is petty, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and, and additionally, there would be a refund for September and October once those bills were in place. Um, well, it's December and the November bill is history and, uh, and that one was correct, by the way. The December uh, bill from Duke showed that uh, the rate increase finally did go into effect. Uh, there's, the check is still in the mail, though. So then I'm preparing to come to talk a little bit tonight and share this. Um, I looked at the, the, the uh, website and I, I see, lo and behold, that energy refund checks, and there was a little blurb about uh, exactly how that was worded, that there were some, some members of the township's electric aggregation program were overcharged due to an error that occurred when processing the new electric rate in June 2021. There's a lot of back and forth here. Um, and energy will be sending letters with a refund in the form of prepaid MasterCards. Well, that's great. Somebody else caught it. Or, or maybe, maybe it was my phone call to them. I don't know. That's not important. But I got to thinking about this. I thought, you know, it's 10 bucks, it's four months, $40. And then I thought, wait a minute, how many residents in Sycamore Township are in the aggregation? I have no clue. Is it 50? Is it 500? Is it 5,000? Did all these people lose 40 bucks? That, there's, all of a sudden, when you start doing some math here, it's probably about fourth grade math, you're maybe up into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the question is, who's holding them accountable for that? You know, who knows how many people they mischarged? Everybody? I don't know. But, um, you know, you, 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 it's that old thing of, you know, see something, say something. 
yeah, my little 40 bucks is, pit, is, is a pittance, but when you aggregate that and to the whole township, you know, I hope somebody's keeping an eye on that and looking to see exactly what's happening. I am a little bit disillusioned, maybe a lot more than a little, with Dinergy because I think they've done a good job up to now. I mean, they get the electric and they've had good offers and everything. And uh, but I think I hope that somebody's following up on this and digs a little bit into the weeds to see exactly you know what really did happen here. And maybe somebody knows that already. Yeah, thanks for bringing this to our attention. This is something I had on my list of things to bring up tonight, actually, because I had seen the refund request that they're sending out, or the refunds they're sending out with prepaid MasterCards, which I felt was a little odd doing it that way, too. Um, but I know Mr. Warwick had been contacted by others in the township about this, too, and had some contact with them. Uh, I'd like to know, too, how many people are affected, how did this happen, and how can we make sure that our our contract partner here essentially in this aggregation program doesn't do this again to our residents when we found out about it I, I got a hold of our broker we have a broker who helps with this and uh, they immediately got a hold of Dynergy and the first response was it happened because of COVID so uh, COVID doesn't take away your ability to do math and I said you're gonna have to do something about it and a lot of back and forth and since Duke does the billing Duke we said to Duke just credit these people's bill and they said no we, we don't do that so then uh, Diner G was like well I don't know what we can do then I said well you write checks and uh, what they decided to do was the gift card route uh, which is silly in my opinion too that's what they decided to do they screwed it up they're gonna make it right I haven't seen a list I don't know if it's a hundred percent of the people in the program or some of them but uh, Sycamore Townships program was not the only one Dynergy wants you and, and thanks for the work on the aggregation of both of them because you know, it's just one little thing and one final comment before I go sit down the, the, the people who work the streets for the leaves I've never seen people work so hard it, it's incredible. I know a lot of people come and talk about that. Tracy, those guys work their rear ends off and rain, whatever. Um, it's incredible. So thank you. Thank, thank you. Man. I'll pass that along. Thanks, Al. Thank you. Yeah. And if we could make a request to Dynagy, though, for an update on how many of our residents were affected and perhaps down the road, how many actually negotiated the prepaid cards they got back because I suspect some people are going to get those things and think it's junk mail and toss it and they're never going to see that refund but Dynagy may be flushing it down the toilet and doing that because if they're buying prepaid cards the value is loaded on it then and it's uh, what a mess I'll uh, check into that and see if I can get a list and uh, report back to you yeah, thank you any other public comments here going once twice sold all right moving on then here uh, we have a citizens finance committee presentation from members of the committee good evening um, I'm Chris Virgil I chair of the citizens finance committee of the township joining me this evening are two other members of the committee Joel Donahoe Joel's back there and Steve Ginn uh, Charlie Gall and Tom Brockman also serve on the committee but are unable to attend the meeting this evening. Uh, Ray Warwick, our administrator, also serves as a non-voting member of the committee. And Rob Porter, the township's fiscal officer, 
also has an open invitation to attend and participate in all of our meetings and we appreciate the time that he spent with us over the last who has near perfect attendance at all of our meetings and I'd like to thank Jay Janitz for his interest in the finances of the township and for his attendance at our meetings thank you Jay um, thank you for allowing us to speak to you this evening we wanted to take a few minutes to review certain of our accomplishments since our formation in July of last year and also to discuss the path forward for the committee as we prepare to enter into the new year. But before reviewing the accomplishments, I'd like to remind everyone that all committee members are volunteers with a capital V. Uh, we offer our time to serve the community in order to provide insight and advice on matters related to the financial activities of the township. We do not volunteer to serve on the committee to function in any type of audit capacity or any type of oversight capacity of the township and none of the people on the committee and I made that clear at the first meeting when I was elected chair none of the members served to pursue any personal gains or political agendas so I want to make that clear with that said included in the package and up on the screen now as a list of uh, some of the highlights of the committee over the last year and a half uh, since we were put together in July uh, the first item on the list and what I think and what we believe are the most important um, was when the committee looked at the adequacy of the township's accounting and financial reporting systems at that time the township was utilizing the buck software which we believed had a number of limitations, especially in the area of financial reporting. After investigating other financial systems available, what other townships were doing, kind of best practices, the committee made a recommendation to the township trustees in October of last year to switch to the UAN system. This is a system that's um, put out there by the Ohio uh, Water Department. Uh, the UAN system was installed um, earlier this year the township now enjoys timely and comprehensive monthly financial reporting. Uh, it, this reporting is reviewed by Mr. Warwick with our committee on a monthly basis and with the trustees. Uh, certain of these reports are also made available on the, uh, the township's website, so they're generally available to the public, which we think is a big step in the right direction. Um, one of the big benefits is that the uh, UAN system allows the township to track its cash spending on a real-time basis down to the fund level and thereby uh, no longer inadvertently spending unappropriated funds which uh, is actually illegal in the state of Ohio. Uh, Year-end detailed reconciliations which is a process the township used to go through and multiple sizable financial adjustments to fund balances are now a thing of the past because of UAN so we, we think that's all great outcomes. Um, moving on to the second item, the township or the committee also reviews the township's annual tax budget and the operating budget. So before the trustees see that, we schedule our meeting just prior to your meeting to go through that, uh, raise questions, make sure that we've got everything in place and we work closely with Ray to do that. Uh, the UAN software is also very helpful in putting together those financial documents. And I believe they'll serve as a very useful management tool for the township's finances going forward. Uh, the next item uh, that I wanted to highlight was the investment policy for the township. 
It was drafted up by the Finance Committee. It was reviewed with Rob Porter. It was approved by the trustees back in July of this year. Uh, the former investment policy had not been updated since 1996, and obviously many things had changed in the uh, Ohio Revised Code over that 25-year period. So we brought that investment policy up to date. Uh, one of the first things we looked at last year uh, was a detailed review of the town's TIFs. And we felt that was very important because it comprised about $30 million or two-thirds two-thirds of the total cash balance or fund balance of the township. So we thought it was very important to take a look at that. Uh, one of the outcomes of that review was the preparation of a detailed TIF activity report, which we subsequently provided a copy to the Tax Incentive Review Council for review at their annual meeting in March 2021. And uh, I think they found that very helpful. Uh, we're hopeful that this report will be prepared annually and, sh and shared with the council to provide more transparency related to the financial activity of the TIFs. Um, another activity that we undertook was a detail, prepared a detailed listing of all the real property that was owned by the township. We did that by combing through the property records of the Hamilton County online. Uh, my eyes are still a little bit tired from going through that process earlier this year. Uh, that property inventory, I think, uh, is going to be important. We gave a copy to Ray, and it's going to help the, man the township to manage that valuable asset. And then um, moving along, we also, if you look at our bylaws that were approved by the trustees last year, um, we were tasked with meeting with the township auditor to review the scope of the audit and the results of the audit. We held that meeting and has been previously reported to the trustees. Uh, there were no issues with the audit, but our plan is to continue to keep that on our agenda going forward. And then uh, finally, this was another recommendation that was made back in October of last year. We took a look at the annual financial statements that the township prepares. And currently the township is issuing what's considered regulatory financial statements which is really just a cash flow statement and it's really the lowest level of permitted compliance and disclosure uh, with the state of Ohio. Uh, just given the complexity of the financial transactions of the township and the amount of money that we have invested in, in our funds, we made a recommendation that the township move to what's called GASB 34 or the next level up in, in disclosure. Uh, we think that presentation is more appropriate for the township. It will include a statement of net assets. So right now all you have is a cash flow statement. With the, with the GASB 34, you'll have a full statement of net assets. All of the assets of the township will be listed along with all of the liabilities. Right now you really can't find those numbers in any of the township's financial statements. It'll also include an expanded footnote disclosure and a management's discussion and analysis of all the year's financial activity. This is really a best practice. Um, if you were to take a look at Deerfield Township's financial statements, you'd get an idea of what we're aiming towards achieving as far as um, financial disclosure. Uh, in summary, many of the committee's activities were geared towards increasing the township's financial transparency to the trustees, to the staff, and most importantly, to the residents of the township. And we hope that you agree that that objective has been accomplished. Uh, clearly, working through these issues, the heavy lifting 
was done by Ray and the township staff. The committee would like to thank Ray for his dedicated and diligent leadership and Debbie Campbell for all her efforts in these activities. Uh, looking forward now, we understand that come January 1st, there'll be a change in the makeup of the board. Uh, first, we'd like to thank Jim LaBarbera for his four years of service. We'd also like to congratulate Tom Wiedemann and Tracy Schwagman on their election to the board. Uh, secondly, we are hopeful that the work of the Finance Committee will be allowed to continue into the new year and beyond. At our last meeting on November 17th, all of the committee members indicated to me their interest in continuing to serve on the Finance Committee. <coughs> However, the Finance Committee can only be effective if it continues to have the full support and cooperation of all of the trustees, the fiscal officer, and the township administrator. I'm here tonight on behalf of the Finance Committee asking for that support and cooperation as we enter into the new year. Um, also, I would add, to date, we've pretty much set our own agenda, and we'd be more than happy to add any agenda items to our meeting that the trustees would like us to take a look at. And with that, I thank you for your time, and I or any of the other committee members would answer any questions you might have regarding our activities. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for all the information. Thanks for all of you on the committee have done. Joel as well, Steve, and the members who aren't here too. You guys put a lot of time in this as volunteers, and uh, it's very much appreciated. And I hope it's been helpful to Mr. Porter. I know getting the investment policy updated has been an important thing that we've done. And I'm sure he appreciates your work on that. Does anyone have any questions for the committee? Just Chris, I want to thank you and, the, and your committee. And uh, I also hope the board continues to keep you and uh, support you in the, in the coming year. And uh, this was a great step forward in transparency, too. Thank you. I would agree with you. Thank you for those kind words. Again, any items that the uh, trustees or the staff would like us to look at, we'd be happy to add it to our agenda and take a look at it as we go into next year. Chris, I would also like to, uh, you know, thank uh, you for your volunteer work and uh, volunteer work of the committee. I um, uh, especially appreciate you looking at uh, updating the investment policy. That was uh, outdated and did need to be uh, updated. And I, th and I think you did the lion's share of that and uh, did a very good job on that. Appreciate that. However, um, I must uh, strongly disagree with you about the efficacy of the UAN accounting project. Um, I think that was an unmitigated disaster. Um, the additional cost to the township was over a hundred thousand um, dollars. There was a um, individual who's still here trying to get us to get that together. I think that was uh, money that could have been spent on a festival or uh, any other numerous uh, 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 projects in the township that would have benefited the. Uh, the residents more. The, um, uh, as you know, I opposed that from the very beginning. I knew I had known from uh, talking to other fiscal officers that it is just a cumbersome and not very effective way of uh, handling the accounting. Um, the people that actually do the reporting and the accounting do not like it. Uh, 
the committee was not going to hear that from me or from the other people that did that and just really uh, uh, unfortunately went along with what uh, Ray wanted to see happen here. Um, I, uh, I was unable to convince uh, convince the trustees or you otherwise of that of which I I'm sorry that you didn't listen to me but uh, yeah. and then the other thing is um, you know, I think uh, really the Debbie and the staff here were, are really responsible for a lot of the, uh, you know, tracking down the real estate uh, ownership, checking the records for that, and uh, putting together the, uh, the tax income and financial reports. I know that's something that Debbie does out of my office, and she really uh, has done that every year, and it's been uh, done very well. So. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the work that you volunteers have done in looking at that and looking at the budgets, but uh, I think the credit really ought to go to the administration and the staff here. Yeah, I, mean, I think I did say that in my comments that okay. they did the well, left thing. I just want to emphasize. Yeah, that. I would. I agree with that. I would say that before I went on to the committee, when I was thinking about volunteering, I went back and looked at the videos of the prior meetings and read the minutes. And I saw very limited financial disclosure or financial statements other than the year-end uh, audited statements. So the first thing we looked at when we went into our first meeting, I said, okay, Ray, let's see the financial statements for the month. Let's see the fund activity. Let's see the bank reconciliations. And um, very limited information available. Uh, we sat down with um, the accountant that we use and he showed me his work papers and they went on for pages and pages of adjustments and some of the stuff we looked at had have negative fund balances. Have you so been following during the year the number of adjustments we have every meeting? It's, it's, that has actually increased more than it has uh, in the previous years. Yeah. I, I mean, guess we can talk about it offline, but what we're doing now is we're identifying where we're overspending and need to make further appropriations and the trustees are getting a chance to vote on that real time as opposed to waiting to the end of the year and after all the money has been spent going back and reappropriating and at that point if you didn't want to spend it well guess what it's already been spent um, regarding the implementation I would say that um, the my understanding is that the state didn't have the resources available to help with the implementation that their marketing said they would have and that's kind of a first come first serve and if they're implementing other places they have limited staff we have limited staff here, so in order to get the implementation done, we had to go to an outside third party. And I would say there was minor thing less than full uh, support um, internally in getting the implementation done. So I think all that added to the extra time and effort. At the end of the day, all those expenditures were presented to the trustees and approved by the trustees. So. I think we're in a much better place today. I, we can go into meetings and we can review finances. We can look at budgets. We can see where the funds stand. Um, I will jump in as a trustee and say also I very much appreciate the reporting we are getting now so we do get a better snapshot each month of what's going on and whether the people inputting that data find it troubling or cumbersome or not, the people who are the ones who are tasked with the fiduciary responsibility of managing and acting upon those things. I think we appreciate the reporting we are getting, uh, although it may be a burden on the staff to do some of this, certainly during the transition. But it's very useful. It's much easier to follow a purchase order, frankly, too, just in the formatting that it comes out in from UAN 
the reporting we're getting is good, but obviously it's been a rough transition for a lot of reasons. I, I appreciate the committee's work, though, in trying to help smooth some of this and, and make it work and, and help you and help us and help the community in making this more transparent because I think that's everyone's goal, I hope, is to be more transparent in all of this, too. So thank you, Chris. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on here then. Uh, now we have a presentation as to the Greens of Kenwood project, and uh, we'll have a response to that, I understand, as well. So, right. if you would identify yourself first for the record. I do that. Uh, I'm Rusty Myers. I live at 11998 Bright Silks Lane, a proud resident of the township. Um, and I'm just thrilled to be here tonight to talk about this exciting project for the township being a resident and seeing new projects help expand and grow our township is just it's thrilling. Um, as a little background, I'm executive vice president for JLL. I'm the leasing agent for Nair Properties on the project. And you've probably seen me in the past. Uh, I was the leasing agent for uh, the tower, the uh, uh, Kenwood Collection building, the office tower at the Kenwood Collection for the Redstone project. Going way back in my past with Tipton, we did the North Creek project. That, um, I told people I can tell I'm old because now I have a project that was demolished <laughs> that I worked on. So, um, but have been involved in many projects in the township and thrilled to see things continue to grow and, and thrive in the township. Um, the project that we have in front of you tonight is a project for a very, uh, it's a global, uh, tenant that we're working with, double uh, A credit, uh, somebody who we would all be thrilled to have in the township. Um, and what they're looking for is is basically their own statement building. And so we have a project that we're going to propose. Uh, it's a 50,000 square foot building at the Greens. Um, and we have some renderings that I'm going to run through with you. Um, but the real key to this whole project is, as you all know, the office market due to COVID is uh, turbulent, to say the least. Um, lots of companies are contracting, not expanding. Uh, and we have a really unique opportunity here with, again, a, a very, very important um, tenant that can bring jobs to the township. Uh, Right now, it's designed for about 225 people that will be in the building. Uh, we're estimating about a $20 million payroll uh, for the company in the building. Um, so again, it's, we look at this big picture is really a win-win all the way around. Um, this is going to be a statement building right on I-71. You all know the site, one of the most prominent and most visible sites in the township, really a front door site for us. Uh, and we think as I walk through the architecture with you uh, that this will be one of the most uh, beautiful buildings in Cincinnati once it's completed. Um, so let me walk through just the site plan to orient you a little bit. Uh, the building that's grayed out is the Hampton Inn building uh, to the north of our building and then obviously the one to the east is the FBI building. Uh, but as you approach this building You'll kind of rise up to the entry, uh, which will be um, really the main point of entry for clients and visitors to the building. Uh, underneath the building will be one level of parking. Um, and if we can go to kind of the next slide. 
this shows a little bit of the elevation. So right at the interstate, it's very prominent sitting up a little bit where our trailer now with our leasing sign uh, is sitting. And then as you go basically around to the east or northeast of the building, uh, you'll get to the back parking garage. Um, so again, three-story building, um, very prominent on the interstate. And the other thing, um, I'm thrilled to be working with Mark Castandi as the design architect on the project. Mark was our design architect for the Redstone project. Um, I'll toot his horn a little bit since he's not here. I think he's one of the best, most talented architects in our city, uh, especially from a concept and uh, a design standpoint. And you'll see that as we walk through the building a little bit. So as we're looking at this view, I-71's on the right, FBI building's back on the left? Correct. Okay. Correct. So this would be the view if you're heading southbound on 71, this is what you'd be looking at. Um, and then if we can kind of go to the next slide, this is the really the close-up elevation of the building as you approach up the driveway. Uh, so it's really, in when my father was an architect, so not that I, I have any architectural talent whatsoever, but uh, a design aesthetic, uh, when you look at this building, it's timeless. And I think it's, um, again, in context of all of the buildings in Cincinnati, it's going to be one of the most beautiful and prominent on 71. Some of the design elements that I'll walk through just quickly. Um, there's a wood element to the building um, that really will be one of the design features along with metal panels on the building. Um, and then the curtain wall glass of this building is full height floor to ceiling. So when you're inside the building, it's basically just a window of glass that you're looking at, which is one of the features that the tenant particularly wants all that natural light coming into the building. So uh, a lot of green elements designed into the building. Um, and again, the footprint's about 16,500 square feet, roughly 50,000 square foot building. Um, so um, that's really kind of design-wise uh, why I get so excited is this is going to be, again, really a focal point for the township, one of the most prominent sites that we have. Um, and then a little bit about the tenant. Uh, again, they're a global company. Uh, about 225 will be a headcount in the building, double-A credit. Um, and what's exciting here, again, I look at this site, it's been sitting fallow since 2007. And going back to my age, I used to enjoy going to lunch at the old Harley Hotel because they had a big basket of bread. And I was starting out in my career, not with a lot of money. And that was kind lunch. of my lunch. <laughs> I would snack on their bread by a $2.50 salad and uh, I thought I was in hog heaven. But Really, nothing's happened on this site since 2007. And being an office guy, I look at this site and say, hey, this is a once in a decade, two decade opportunity that we can really put a quality building, quality tenant on the site. And my fear is if we don't do this, that we'll be sitting here 15 years from now with still nothing on this site. Uh, just because of the way the office market's going these days. Uh, 
So with that, really what we're here is just to introduce the project. Um, what we're really uh, going to be coming back and asking the trustees for is for a TIF to support this project. It would be a project TIF that basically it's just the TIF dollars that are coming off of this project would be used for part of the public infrastructure for the project, primarily the entry drives and garage. Um, so uh, the total TIF would be about a $3.4 million bond that would be issued. Roughly 2.9 of that would go into the public infrastructure piece of the project. Um, so that's kind of the overall project and you know, what we're looking for the township to help support the project. There's an existing TIF in, in the project anyway. Is this there a, is. an outgrowth of that that you're looking for? Yes, yes. So it would basically be the TIF revenue coming off of the FBI building, the Hampton Inn building, and this building. And it would be just that excess TIF proceeds that are coming off of that TIF, the project TIF, that we would use to, to support the bonds. Now, I, I understand back when that TIF was set up, the vision was for, I think, a larger single building there, and then a few years ago for two mid-sized buildings. Now we're down to Correct. a smaller building there. Um, time, times obviously have changed in terms of commercial real estate several times since right. this project has been undertaken. but. Um, we're, we're looking at a lot smaller building now, basically, for more money, it sounds like. Well, we still do have the opportunity to do another building once we have this building completed. Um, but yes, we're really, we can only do what the market will bear at any given point in time, as, as we all know. Um, and this is just such a unique opportunity to have this kind of quality tenant and building um, that, yes, it is a smaller building, but we do have the opportunity as the market would dictate to do another building and potentially another bigger building. Rusty, are you suggesting yeah. that this is a tenant that's new to Sycamore Township? Uh, they asked that we not disclose who they are. So. Um, it, it, I had another question about some things I saw in the proposal and in another version of it I, I saw from someone else this week too. that. Um, I understand there's a plan for the port to own the parking deck and for them to float the bonds on the other hand too, which That's means correct. risks on them, not That's on us, correct. which is wonderful. I'm happy for others to bear the risk there. Right. But if, if I read something in there right, is there a plan for the building to be owned by the port also? No. No. Okay. The building what will what not else be on the project the would be port owned? Because there was some mention of a, a structural lease plan. Or yeah, basically it would be structured very similar to the way we did Redstone, where the garage itself is owned by the port, and, and with Redstone it's owned by the township. And then basically it would be the building air rights above that would be the private ownership. So when the TIF expires, it's taxable property, not publicly okay that was Correct. one of my concerns okay. yeah and and the garage obviously all the maintenance repair and all of that goes with the owner of the building as part of the management agreement for the garage mm -hmm. Rusty can so, I ask that question a different way sure without giving us the name of the company to protect our privacy can you tell us with certainty that this is a new tenant new these are new jobs coming to Sycamore Township I just can't disclose that based on what they've asked. Okay. In, any other questions? Yeah, if, you, if, you, if this potential uh, tenant doesn't go 
there's a possibility that that tenant, if that tenant is in, in our area, would leave our area. There is this, this, they're pretty much sold on your concept. We, we have been told that this is where they want to be. Um, they have said, this is the building that we want. Um, I mean, as we all know, there are lots of buildings that are proposed all around town. There's a new building in Blue Ash, new building in Montgomery. Um, so, you know, they, they, I'm sure, looked at the whole market and looked at all the opportunities. But we're fortunate enough that this is where they would like to be. Has the tenant, if you can answer, has the tenant represented, potential tenant represented to you that if this doesn't go through, they are staying where they might be now as opposed to they moving haven't elsewhere? They have told us anything like that other than this is where they want to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let me ask Mr. Miller. What is the process here? This is just an overview presentation, obviously, as to the plan here, but um, this, this is sort of special territory with what's already in place there with the TIF already. What has to happen if, if this project were to go forward? Uh, so my, my initial review and reaction to, to this plan, uh, based on how the site has been reconfigured in, uh, in, in past zone changes uh, or, or zoning reviews, uh, this would warrant a major adjustment to the PUD. Uh, it's essentially the same process that we did uh, in 2019 uh, when uh, uh, I believe the buildings were, uh, were first reduced. And so that process entails what? Goes that, would be, that would be an application uh, and uh, a, a PUD proposal to essentially a, a new proposal to uh, zoning commission for, uh, for a recommendation and then final review and potential approval by Board of Trustees. So you're looking at, from start to finish, uh, approximately 60 days, give or take. Okay. All right. Anything <coughs> else to present this? No, no, again, we just wanted to introduce the project to make you aware of kind of uh, the exciting opportunity that we have here tonight. So. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you. And I understand, Emily, I'm sorry, your last name again? Supinger. Supinger, thank yes. you. If thank you, you have something you'd like to address here also, if you could do so briefly, please. I can move the slides if you want. I would. I, I don't need the slides. Right. Thank you very much. Um, as I mentioned, my name is Emily Supinger. I'm with the law firm of Strauss Troy, and I represent Viking Partners, who own the office building at 8044 Montgomery Road, which is a 400,000 square foot office building. Um, my client has reason to believe that the tenant um, who has gone unnamed is their tenant um, and is a very desirable tenant. It's a desirable tenant for my client to have in their office building and they're actively negotiating uh, their lease. Um, I think this issue of who the tenant is is something that's critical for the township trustees to know before they make any modification to the existing service agreement for the TIF which requires Nyer Properties to build a 200,000 square foot, um, to build 200 square foot of office space on the site. Um, assuming that we're talking about the same tenant, um, that tenant can be accommodated in their current building. My client's in active negotiations with that tenant uh, to contract their space and provide to them the space that they need for their business. Um, moving one tenant from one office building 
within the, a JED to another office building within the same JED is just rearranging the deck chairs. It's not accomplishing anything for the township. It's not generating any new revenue. It's not generating any, any, generating any new income tax. Um, Viking Partners has invested over $6 million into their building to make upgrades and improve it without any public um, contribution. It's all private dollars, um, and it shouldn't be punished um, for doing that. And frankly, if the township makes the concessions that will be needed to accommodate Nyer Properties requests, the township will be in the position of picking winners and losers um, in this case, which um, is really not something the township should be doing. Um, another point I'd like to make is that I think it's important, and I know the township, the trustees are well aware. Um, I reviewed the public records that I requested, and I appreciate very much how quickly they were provided. Um, really made this a lot easier. Um, but the way this TIP and this project has contracted over the last decade or so is something that I think that we need to keep in mind. Um, the original plan for this was a seven-story, 160-room hotel and a nine-story, 266,000-square-foot office building. Um, in 2006, Nair requested and was given a modification to have a smaller-sized hotel. In 2017, Nair proposed putting a Mercedes-Benz dealership on the property instead of an office building, which was denied. And in 2019, they requested a modification to the site plan for a four-story, 100,000-square-foot office building. Um, and the township ultimately approved an amendment for two 100,000-square-foot office buildings, which would still meet the requirement for the 200,000 square feet under the service agreement. Um, but what's interesting is when that went through, the comments that were made by the township's own staff regarding that request, which were contained in the... Uh, Zoning Commission staff report. And I would just like to tell you that um, this is what your staff had to say about that request. As with the rest of the developer's previous request, this one falls short of meeting what was agreed upon between them and the township. Case 2013-01-MA, the, the approved hotel was to have 160 rooms and be seven stories tall. In return for our TIF guarantee dollars, we received a five-story hotel with 118 rooms. In addition, case 2009-04-MA approved a nine-story, 266,000-square-foot office building uh, and a three-story above-grade parking deck. The applicant is now proposing a single 100,000-square-foot office building with associated par parking. Quite a big difference, but they are requesting the final TIF payment and only proposing to build one 100,000-square-feet of the 266,000-square-feet office space. They will not guarantee the second building, and if it was built, it will still fall short of the 266,000 square foot office they agreed to build. The applicant has said they are ready to begin this project as soon as approved, but based on the submitted documents, only the plat of survey is ready to review. Overall, based on what was officially promised and what is now on the table, there's a 26% reduction in the hotel size and an 81% reduction in the amount of office space that is being proposed to be built. This does not benefit the township and is not a responsible use of the TIF funds. I'll also note that um, while it is nice for the Port Authority, if we go down this road, while it is nice for the Port Authority to issue the bonds, it does take that off the township's back. Having the Port issue bonds, as I'm sure you're aware, is very expensive. The administrative costs are very high. 
which has results in less money being able to be available for public infrastructure for the project. And finally, the last comment I'd like to make is the process. Um, I think if the township trustees <coughs> decide that they want to explore this uh, proposal further, um, it needs to be fully vetted. It needs to go back to the zone, uh, Zoning Commission uh, for a site plan review uh, for a major modification to the PUD. Um, and I think that uh, that any recommendation that comes before the board should be considered before the board decide, the trustees decide to make any amendment to the existing service agreement. So those are all the comments I have. If anybody has any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Questions from anyone? I, I assume your client would be equally opposed, on the other hand, if there were a 400,000 square foot building going up on the site no. because of the tenant? Or no. No. I don't, no. And my client's here happy to answer. Do you want me to speak? Uh, if, if you like, sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Steve Miller. I'm a partner, owner of Viking Partners. We purchased this property about four years ago, paid $85 million for it. We're, we're not opposed to development. We, we own over 5 million square feet of office properties throughout the Midwest and Southeast. Uh, we believe it's a competitive environment. All we're simply saying is they have an agreement with the township and we don't think that the agreement should be modified because we don't think there's a benefit to the township. The tenant is UBS. I can tell you the tenant's UBS. We're actively negotiating with UBS. We have been. They're currently in 75,000 square feet. They want to reduce their size to 50,000 square feet. If they wanted to go to 100,000 square feet and we couldn't accommodate them, I would fully understand that and I would expect them to leave and I would understand your guys as the trustees desire to modify the TIF to accommodate them. I don't believe that's the case. We have an extremely competitive marketplace right now. We've made them an extremely competitive offer. I don't know whose choice is first, whether it's theirs or ours. But I do know that we don't think that the township should be in the business of picking winners and losers. If they're prepared to build what's under the agreement, then we won't. We would not oppose that. I, I think my question came across more pointed than oh. I intended. By the way, and I apologize. No, no, for that. I, I didn't take. I didn't take it that that way at all. Okay. Yeah. No, we're not opposed to new development. We're not opposed to anybody building a building if if they can do it. Then then you know, and the agreement provides for it. Then then we would not we would not be here. But I think. For them to build a 50,000 square foot building, uh, I highly, I don't know how you could build a second building after that because the way the infrastructure would be worked and the parking garage would be built, there wouldn't be parking to accommodate a second building unless somehow you built a larger parking garage than what was needed for the first building, and I don't think that's the case. <clears throat> and you have to remember, they have they have an obligation to the hotel for 100. I want to say, if my memory serves me correctly, 108 parking spaces for that hotel. So they're either going to put them in a garage at $30,000 a space, or in this case, they're going to obviously park them on the surface. But at some point, if they're going to put a building on that property where 2B currently stands, they're going to have to build out 108 spaces to accommodate the hotel as well. So, And that's been a discussion that we've had for quite some time. I know uh, Mr. DeBrosi looks a little confused there with that, with that look on his face suggesting that maybe my numbers are wrong, but I think they're quite accurate. Well, it, we, we certainly don't want to get into a full hearing on this no, at the stage that it's at here, and it does need to go through the Zoning Commission process before it would ever come to the trustees for considering all of these things. <coughs> let, let me ask, though, is there any further information about the parking to provide since that question was raised, and then we'll move on? 
Yes, there has to be parking for the hotel, but we have the plan to do it. Parking can be added. So it's in a in a in a garage. Uh, sir, there's more surface that can be added as well on the side, in, in addition to a garage. Okay, and if the microphone didn't pick that up, Mr. DeBrosi said there's more surface that could be used for parking as well. We, I think we can end the discussion yep, there. This, I agree. This will I, be I, I want to just say one other thing. The, this tenant Sorry. is actively negotiating on two other sites also within the township. So there, there are options. They are looking at, at multiple options. I mean, they are trying to get the best deal that they can get for, for themselves. And, and for the record, I do understand they want to stay in the tenant yeah. yeah. So and that's a good thing. We have been told that's not the case. Um, that they aren't negotiating to other buildings in the township. Um, my fear, I'm an office guy, and there are other options outside the township as well. But my fear would be they leave the township and come back to over here. But there are a lot of other buildings, and uh, Construct Connect just gave up 63,000 square feet of Berkeley Commons for exchange. So there are other options outside the Well, this proposal will go through the process and we'll yep. have an opportunity to look at it and have public hearings and so forth. Mr. LaBarber, did you have a question or a comment? Though? Well, I just, I hope we don't, you know, I hope that we don't lose this tenant for the, the township. That's what I, I hope. I know you're, there's a game going on right now. I, I, I don't think uh, retention. Uh, is is the issue here? That's that's our understanding. But I, I agree with you. You don't want to lose a good a business in your township. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you very everyone. much for your time. Thank you. It would be nice to hear from the tenant at some point. That might that might help us direct some of our. Uh, our energies yes. and efforts. Yes and no. On the other hand, we don't want to be getting in the middle of no, I agree. wins, anything <laughs> like that. We just want to do what's best for the township, yep. financially, building-wise, and so forth. So, but yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Then. It is just before it. 8 p.m. now let's see so thank you everyone and, and you're welcome to go if, or you can stay for the fun here if you like <laughs> okay thank you. all right thank you all thanks for coming um sheriff's patrol report what do we have tonight we have nothing specific to report <laughs> short and sweet thank you no no fights at the mall this year or no, any of that fights at the mall. Oh. nothing that raises to the level <laughs> very good okay that's good to hear um any questions about that from anyone Nope. All right, let's move on to EMS and fire report then. Chief, what have you got? A couple things, but I'll try to be quick. We do have booster shots available. If anybody needs one, uh, they'll be our guy will be there tomorrow till six o'clock in the evening to um, to give the booster shots. So we have we have enough right now. So if any anybody needs one, just let me know. And then uh, <clears throat> our North Fire fire station alarm system has been totally rebuilt and it's up in operation so both stations are fully protected there um, we received a thousand dollar donation from light L chemical that we will be uh, putting toward purchasing smoke detectors having that smoke detector program continue and at one point or another we'll be probably doing a photo op with them for their recognition of uh, donation um, I want to bring you up to date on one thing <clears throat> back uh, I think June or July we had to take the uh, parking garage out of service 
at um, 8740 Montgomery Road. It was the old Willie's building where Willie's used to be there. They, they have kind of a unique situation where the parking under under the building and extends over the creek and it's being held up by metal pillars and, and uh, rotted out concrete. We ha uh, they had it inspected and it failed the inspection. We had to close the park, close that area off, no vehicles on it. Uh, it is at a verge of collapsing. So um, the owners know about it. They've been trying to work with it, but then we did receive an email from them a couple days ago that they've been talking to a number of structural bridge engineers and contractors and because of the shortage in labor and 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 materials they're looking at one to two years before they can even do anything with that place so they basically reached out to if we know anybody that's a bridge builder or a contractor that might be able to chime in, I don't know if Tracy know any bridge builders, but uh, if we knew anybody that maybe could contribute to their cause, that to, to let them know. But but they got kind of a predicament because that that parking area is a big part of their operation. What about the building overhang? Over it's the it's on ground. The oh, build okay. the building itself is on solid ground. It's just the parking lot behind it. That, so this uh, is not the underneath parking. It's the beyond that right area. yeah the underneath parking you, you is there but you can't get to it without to driving it. over yeah. the elevated part so they're so kind of shut down mm -hmm. that leaves enterprise rent a car in a bit of a predicament too yeah so you know we originally we thought this would be something get it fixed and we'll we'll all move on but it's become a little more complicated so i figured i better let you guys know that yeah. this is happening so um, and then the last, <coughs> the last thing I have is uh, <coughs> the old pickup, the old dually pickup truck, and that 28-foot trailer that we have at the North Station. We're wanting to see if, if we can put that on Gov deals and, and liquidate those, get those out of there. We we already replaced the pickup truck with a new pickup, and I offered the trailer to Tracy, but they they don't want it. It's too big of a trailer for them. It is it is a cumbersome trailer. You have to have the stabilizers and everything to, to haul it. So um, we're just going to get rid of it. So we, we just need to do a resolution to to sell those two things. Okay. When we don't have to do it tonight, but we'll just mm -hmm. we can get it together for the next meeting. But that that's something on our radar that we'll want to. Sure, if we have no use for it. Yeah, get rid of those. Yeah. And that's all I have. Any questions for the chief? All right, let's move on again then. Um, roads, maintenance, and recreation. Tracy, what you got? Okay, I, I do not have a recreation report. <coughs> Mr. Petty is not here. Uh, they were scheduled to have a meeting last night. Uh, there was some uh, disagreement. Uh, that meeting had been moved from the 22nd to the 6th. Uh, I talked to Mr. Desai, he said that was a date change and that we could do it with a 24-hour notice on our website. Uh, Mr. Janice said we were wrong and it was an illegal meeting so he left the meeting and we did not have a quorum so we did not have a meeting. So none of the business that was on the agenda was discussed. Uh, it, it may have been discussed but the, obviously there was no decisions made because they didn't have a quorum. Uh, 
Let, let's pause there for a moment, Mr. Desai. Could you address what the rules are and are not for meetings like that? It is as simple as Tracy said. For example, the, the Parks Committee is not a, truly a decision-making body. It's an advisory body, but we want them to advise, of course, and to meet publicly and be transparent. What are the rules? So, I mean, you pointed out correctly that technically if we wanted to take the position that we don't have to do that meeting per the Open Meetings Act, we could make that argument. Our general rule here in the township has been that we try to keep things transparent. We try to keep everything open to the public, so we follow the open meetings protocol for that body. There's also, as you know, a case a body of case law that suggests that um, quasi-decision-making recommendation type uh, committees can be considered public bodies. The specific issue, obviously, for the township's never been litigated, hopefully never will be. And, you know, it, it it's one of those areas where it's just easier to say we're going to follow the Open Meetings Act. So the discussion um, that has taken place, not just with Mr. Kellams, but Mr. Petty, has been along the lines of just set a regular meeting date, just like the board does. Set a regular meeting date, and that meeting date is on your calendar. If you change that meeting date, it's going to be a special meeting, and just notice it as such. You're supposed to provide advance notice, 24 hours notice, and then the other restriction is that you can't deviate from what's on the agenda at a special meeting where you can at more of an open, uh, regularly scheduled meeting. So that's what the township is going to do moving forward. It's going to post anytime there is not a regular meeting. It's going to post that they're going to have a special meeting on whatever date. They're then going to put out an agenda, and that agenda then will um, dictate what they uh, do at the meeting. Just some practicalities, because one of the things that I think all of us learn after we get our degrees and get out in the real world is there is pragmatism. So Mr. Petty's job is not to run the Parks Advisory Committee as the only thing he does in the township. Mr. Petty is actually a physical laborer out in the township. Much like you heard uh, the gentleman talk tonight about the people collecting leaves, he is actually out there working in the trenches for the betterment of the township. So sometimes this agenda, putting an agenda together, um, worrying about the technicalities of the Open Meetings Act, it's not the township's priority because it's not the resident's priority. The residents want the maintenance department doing what the maintenance department does. So Mr. Petty does the best he can to get all those agendas together, but sometimes he is pressed for time. And that may cause him to have to move a meeting because an agenda has not been prepared. More importantly, the committee is not always well attended by its members. Mr. Petty often does not know that until he gets to the meeting that day. So sometimes he shows up expecting to have a meeting and because there aren't enough of the members there, he can't. So the gentleman is doing the best he can to keep this advisory committee functioning and flowing on a regularly scheduled basis, providing input to the board for the parks. But understand that it's not a board of trustees where you have elected officials, it's not a board where you have paid members, and it's also questionable whether or not he technically has to follow the Open Meetings Act to the letter. We do that simply as a way to make it easy. We do that as a way of transparency. But 
what Mr. Petty does is often have to adjust on the fly to what happens the actual day and time of the meeting. So I've talked to him. He understands we've got some simple rules. Have a regular meeting date. We have a calendar, as everybody knows, for the zoning commission, the board meetings, and everything else. We're going to put that on the calendar. If for some reason we cannot have the meeting on that date, he's going to ask Ms. Gunderson to put the new date, which will not be the same regular meeting date, and put it out there at least 24 hours in advance, but hopefully more. And the idea of this committee hopefully is to do the work that will allow our parks to be some of the best parks you're going to find in Hamilton County. Question for you. In setting up the, the charter for the uh, committee, for lack of a better term, I, I think we did set a quorum, quorum requirement in there. Is that a requirement of Ohio law, on the other hand? Could we reduce the quorum requirement to a minimum of two members, for example, so that if people just don't show up for a regularly scheduled meeting, but two of them are there, they could go forward? Yeah, I could look at that. I don't, you know, just off the cuff, I don't think you want to have less than a majority. You know, typically uh, not. operating yeah. as yeah. a quorum, and I, and, you know, and I think that's really a question for Mr. Petty because mm. he's a driving force behind keeping that committee going. Mm. So, I would ask him what he wants to do. But as I've told him, if you don't have a quorum but you still want to discuss something, you can discuss it. You just can't take any action on yeah. it. So, I think that would allow them to have the discussion without mm. necessarily changing the quorum to something less. Yeah, that's a good point. And I understand we have, I think, four applicants currently for some openings on the board. So I think we'll be considering that sometime soon because some of the people are, have indicated they were leaving by the end of the year. I guess we'll address that in our next meeting. Um, Just one person is leaving. Mr. Petty has some dates set up where he's going to interview the four individuals that have okay. come in for it. That's good. Nice response. I, I would suggest also conceivably if, if we have all these people who have a passion for being involved in the committee, do we want to look at the composition of the committee in terms of numbers? Have more people or have alternates attend or something like that? If people want to help and have ideas, let's let's not get in their way, you know? So something to think about, too. Yeah, resumes look good. Resumes look good. Yeah. Resumes look good. And that's what Jason's always trying to do, to, yeah. to keep the committee going and do what's best for the township. Yeah, and, and he's done a good job of that. Changing dates to hide yeah. anything. Yeah. And it, for the record, it was on the website more than 24 hours in advance. All right. So, well, I, I'll ask since he's here, committee member, Mr. Janice, does that address your concerns? Uh, Mr. Kellum just phrased it. It was on the website. However, based on my interpretation, and I'm not a lawyer, based on what Mr. Desaia said tonight, since it was not on the regular day or night, which I believe is the fourth Monday of every month, yeah. it would be considered a special meeting. It yeah. Was, yeah. No yes, sir. It wasn't mentioned as a special meeting, and it's also supposed to have the specific I, yes, yes, sir. I'm asking you, looking forward from what you've heard, is, is that a workable plan as a committee member? Not what happened before, whether it's right or wrong. Thank you. All right. Let, let's you. move on then. Next topic. Give some update on some roads projects. <clears throat> been up and down Coogan Mill. It looks very nice. Surface course is on. Uh, temporary striping is on. They're obviously out of specs on 
temperature to do the thermoplastic, but they did get it striped. It looks very good. I think it's been a, a nice project, a great enhancement uh, for the township. The only thing really that's left that they're working on now is the setting of the new lights and poles at the intersection. It looks wonderful. There, there is a, a small punch list that doesn't have a lot of detail in it, but all in all, I think it turned out very it turned nice. Out awesome. It really, it really looks, looks great. Uh, besides that, the uh, Dillonville culvert project was also completed uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. So those are two projects that have been done. Uh, if you remember, the uh, culvert project, like our road project this year, was part of the 25% uh, funds of the non-encumbered TIF, so that had to be completed by the end of the year, and, and that was done. So. Uh, they look very nice. Uh, they did it. That was done by Ford Development, and they did a great job. And with Ford Development, they are uh, planning on starting a water main installation on the Larchview project as early as next week. They've already been in taking down trees along uh, the road uh, due to the uh, storm sewer work, the curb work, and the underdrain work. Uh, the trees in the right of way had to be removed. Uh, so that that is being done as we speak and I believe next week they're going to start on the water main which will be the first project uh, if Duke ever gets the uh, gas work done I mean we've still got holes out there that have plates on that have been there for six months other than that we're up to our eyeballs and leaves <laughs> hey, and that raises a question I've asked you each year, I think, too, that residents keep asking me. Can we go another week beyond the week of the 13th? We are probably going to go to the end of that week, with the 18th being the last day, uh, not due to the fact that leaves are still falling, because leaves will still be falling in January, right. but to the fact that we have had a very hard time uh, with labor this year. You know, as you know, it's <coughs> temporary labor this time of year, because we don't we don't have enough guys to do everything that we do and pick up leaves, and they just cannot find people that want to work. Well, if we go until the end of that week, if someone has leaves picked up on Monday the 13th, are they going to get another pass through their neighborhood, do you think, then, during that week, or, or not? No way. <laughs> There's I no seriously way. seriously doubt uh, it. Okay, so people, in, in other words. Or we'll be picking them up forever. Still get it out by 7 a.m. on Monday know, the 13th. We're going to get snow tonight. We've oh, already, I know. We've already got trucks yeah. ready for that. So. I, I've had a few residents we, ask we me, though. We have switch so. our trucks back and forth. All right, so everybody should still get it out by 7 a.m. on Monday the 13th. By the 13th, and we'll pick them up through the end of the week. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I had to ask. We can't be at every... I know. Address <laughs> on one day. For a fee, we'll come get them, though, right? No, we will not. <laughs> all right, what else have you got, Tracy? That's all I have. All right, well, I, I will add, as Mr. Early said earlier, too, yeah, our guys who have been out there are working really hard at that. So oh, yeah, that's that's, they're Thanks working the very hard. That now. They really are. And with the snow coming now, they're going to be working yeah. hard at that. So. All right. Any questions for Tracy from anybody? Mr. Mr. Gunn, did you have one a question? One fast one. Uh, so I guess the mailboxes are never going back on the other side of Cooper Mill, correct? Correct. That was a little bit of a surprise we adjusted to. So my only question is, because my daughter was right there in Cooper. 
is that I put in a request for some signage because they're, they're having a hard time getting deliveries at their house because it threw off people, you know, for mm -hmm. Amazon and stuff. So I asked for a couple and put in my uh, thing for the signage posts and stuff. Are they going to turn around pretty soon so we can put that out in the yard? So just I'll defer to the chief on yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. we can. You, you already put a request in? I put two in for my I'll check out tomorrow. Across the street. What was okay. your address? Yeah. What was your address? Uh, 4951 Kugler. And let me just note for the record, in case the microphone didn't pick you up out there, that the question had to do with mailboxes only being on one side of Kugler Mill Road now after the construction and how to mark signage for deliveries and so forth. So thank you. All right. Um, Tracy, I wanted to thank you also. I know somebody had questions about a crosswalk on uh, Plainfield as part of the work going on there to get to the park safely and you responded to that very quickly thank you and just so everyone knows there will be a crosswalk in there with flashing lights is that correct and that is correct very that's, good that's part of our plainfield road project with the road diet excellent all right thank you very much mm -hmm. moving on then uh planning and zoning report mr miller okay uh first item i have is uh just some internal business let me pull this up here uh i have Three members of, uh, of my zoning boards uh, whose terms are going to be uh, expiring at the end of this year. Um, Mr. Roger Friedman, uh, chairman of uh, chairman of the zoning commission, uh, who is uh, by the end of this year he'll, he'll be serving over 23 years. Um, he is interested in uh, another term, uh, and then our two alternates, one for BZA, one for zoning commission. Uh, that's uh, Mr. Michael Schwartz. Uh, alternate for BZA and Mr. Bill Swanson, alternate for Zoning Commission. Um, they have uh, they've served for a little over a year and uh, 2.4 years, respectively. And all I need is a motion. Are they interested in staying on? All yes, all all members have been uh, uh, have have had a phone call. They are all interested in in re-upping. Skyler, you might want to look at the uh, 12 one 1998. Um, I was on planning and zoning at that time, and Roger was not. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. you might double check that. I don't think he's. Well. Had, I don't think he has 23 years experience. We're not giving him extra vacation days. For All right. Good to know. Right. Just, yeah. I just want to correct it. Just. Well, no, thank you. We'll double check that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I'm very happy with all of them here, and Mr. Friedman yeah, especially does an excellent job. I like them all. So, so just out of curiosity, uh, Mr. Barrick, I know I think he's our longest-standing. Yes, uh, that would be correct. Zoning member. Okay, so we that's accurate. Together. Okay. Hmm. All right. We'll we'll double check that number. That's the number I had on file. All right. Well, for reappointment, do we need a separate motion as to each, Mr. Desai, or can one collective one do? I think we. Well, why don't we do a separate one for each board? All right. Okay. I'd like to make a motion that we uh, 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 re-up uh, Roger Friedman and Bill Swanson on Zoning Commission for an additional term. I'll second that. And I understand that's as to their current respective positions as a member and alternate. Yeah, I, I was going to say, so a, a regular member is a four-year term. Alternates are one year at a time. Okay. So let's just do it separately. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it like, separately to, I'd like to uh, uh, make a motion to... Uh, approve an additional term for Roger Friedman is, uh, in, on the Zoning Commission. I'll second that. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. 
I'd like to make a motion to uh, approve Bill Swanson as an alternate on the Zoning Commission for an additional term. I'll second that. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Whedon? Aye. I'd like to make a motion to approve uh, uh, an additional term for uh, alternate uh, Mr. Schwartz on BZA. I'll second that. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Whedon? Aye. I'd like to thank all three of them for their service on the board. We certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. We, uh, uh, we're certainly blessed to have them all. Uh, let's see here. Uh, internally, um, both uh, Zoning Commission and BZA were canceled uh, for lack of an agenda this month. Um, I, after speaking with Mr. Warwick and based on the number of meetings that we had tonight, we obviously did not hold our public hearing for the land use uh, updates or the text amendments those have been kind of punted to the to the next meeting the last meeting of the year uh, so those will be properly advertised uh, and those um, those documents are coming your way so they are already on the website and we'll make a push to uh, remind everyone that they're out there so we're not hearing any responses there's there's not a there's not a lot of public outcry uh, you know good or negative <laughs> in regards to these documents uh, I think everybody's just ready to, yeah. you know, to yeah. have new documents. So, uh, let's see. And last but not least, uh, just a port update. Uh, the port plans to close on uh, the Carousel and Drake properties uh, this Thursday, December 9th. Uh, they have already started working with an engineering firm for uh, surveying and environmental studies. Uh, of course, since they don't have the properties yet, they haven't been on site, but they are, you know, they, they do have that contract in place. Uh, they're hoping to have a demolition um, um, demolition permits in hand before the end of the year. Uh, and the demolition planning is already underway. Uh, so I think we're expecting a first quarter 22 uh, to, to have those buildings down. That's good news. Great. Yep. So uh, I'm in constant contact with them. They're giving me regular updates. Uh, there's a new point of contact uh, with with the port that's been handed off because it's now an active project for them. Chief, how many more fires do you think we'll have before they take it down? <laughs> I guarantee you it'll be at least two more. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, we still got unburnt walls. Uh, all right. Anything else, Mr. Miller? Uh, they did also say that uh, they they wanted to know if there was any cleanup they that. Uh, we wanted them to do ahead of the demo. I basically said, "Don't waste your time. It's just you know, it's it's a dumping ground." What I would prefer them to do is secure the building and secure the site. So as soon as they uh, also this month, uh, they will be uh, at least boarding up some of the okay. the rougher areas mm -hmm. and also chaining all access points. Great. So obviously can't guarantee that that's going to take care of Chief's issues, but they are trying. Okay. Very good. Okay. Anything else? That's all I have. All right. Thank you very much. Law Director Report. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Good evening, everyone. I think most <clears throat> of my stuff is at the end of the agenda under executive session. Uh, I would like to note that when we get to that, I'd like to add one other item there. We did have a uh, legal brief come through in a case today that we are have been dealing with since 2016. So I'd like to amend that at the end to say not just imminent litigation, 
but also pending litigation. Imminent and pending litigation? Imminent and pending. We get the best of both worlds tonight. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, next, we have the administrator report. Mr. Work. All I have is uh, 13 resolutions. <laughs> 12 of them are just year-end normal stuff. The first one has to do with another uh, resolution that would make us part of the a class action, if you will, opiate case. We've already done one of these a few weeks ago. I guess that was associated with a, a different drug company. And so uh, <clears throat> the Ohio Township Association and others are saying, please sign up because if we don't get enough people to sign up, then it can't move forward and Ohio may not uh, get uh, some of the settlement. I'll read the resolution. Resolution reaffirming the material terms of the One Ohio Subdivision Settlement as it pertains to Janssen slash Johnson & Johnson pursuant to the One Ohio Memorandum of Understanding and consistent with the terms of the July 21st, 2021 National Opiate Settlement Agreement and dispensing with a second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Any discussion? <clears throat> Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weaver? Aye. Thank you. The next uh, resolution is the, uh, the annual uh, appropriations resolution, which is the uh, expense part of the budget for 2022. The uh, revenues part or the tax budget was approved in July. Um, I sent the board uh, some spreadsheets on uh, the whole roll-up of it. This is all now loaded in the new accounting system. I guess a couple of the highlights uh, of this particular budget were our objective for 2022. We're using less of the reserves out of the JEDs, uh, albeit though we are still uh, going to be eating into those reserves, but at a, a much lesser uh, uh, volume in 2022 and the other area that I think the board will have to uh, be aware of and have some conversation about at some point is that the uh, fire department is running real thin with respect to revenue coverage for the cost of the uh, current fire department um, they th this the budget that's before you or the uh, this evening though uh, the fire department still will end the year uh, with a reserve. Any other questions about this or comments? The resolution reads, a resolution adopting appropriations for calendar year 2022 and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarba? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Thank you. The next is a resolution that establishes uh, financial uh, policies. This We're making no changes, it's just that we do it every year. And uh, this says that all purchase orders, even irrespective of what's been appropriated, any purchase order above $5,000 must come before this board, and any purchase order greater than 2500 or between those two numbers has to be signed off by the administrator. 
Resolution reads, a resolution establishing financial policies for the approval of purchase orders in 2022, dispensing with a second reading and declaring emergency. Motion. Second. Discussion. Mr. Porter. Mr. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. Thank you. It does. This is also a resolution that we have enforced uh, this year and every year uh, it should be renewed. And this uh, gives the ability for a finance department to pay uh, certain items that uh, are just routine or on some kind of a, uh, a time frame uh, that uh, they can go ahead and do that without the approval of the board. Any money that's spent in this area, of course, has already been appropriated by the board and the spending would be reported in the uh, disbursements at the next regular board meeting by Mr. Porter. Resolution reads, a resolution authorizing the disbursement of checks for payroll, payroll-related withholdings and expenses and other expenses in 2022, dispensing with a second reading declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weaver? Aye. <clears throat> Next is a, a simple resolution that uh, uh, allows us to be a member of CLOUT or the Coalition of Large Ohio Urban Townships. Um, we pay uh, dues to them and uh, they like the, to, uh, the dues to be uh, accompanied with a resolution. A resolution authorizing membership in the Coalition of Large Ohio Urban Townships and dispensing with a second motion. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. Next up, every year we ask, uh, <clears throat> we request that the county auditor uh, be able to make uh, advance payments on the property taxes. This is just to set it up that we are making the request. <clears throat> I don't think we've had to follow through on this uh, uh, in a few years because we don't really have to ask, but this sets it in motion. If we felt that we needed an advance on our revenue, we could ask. The resolution reads, a resolution requesting the county auditor to make advance payments of taxes and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. Once again, an annual uh, resolution that <clears throat> allows us to uh, uh, pay dues to associations um, like the Center for Local, Local Government is one. There's a uh, Ohio Township Association, Hamilton County Township Association. And to be able to do that for the uh, uh, elected officials and uh, uh, township staff that uh, accordingly depending on uh, which of the associations they are. Association, uh, the resolution reads, a resolution authorizing payment for <coughs> association dues and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. We also have a resolution every year to set the mileage allowance for township employees and the reimbursement, reimbursement expenses. Uh, we don't have what the mileage, uh, federal guideline for mileage is gonna be yet because the 
that the government hasn't given to us yet, but this resolution would set that in place. A resolution establishing mileage allowance for township employees, providing for a reimbursement of expenses, and dispensing with second reading. Motion. Second. Discussion. Mr. Bird. Mr. Barber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. Aye. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we always do a resolution to uh, set the fiscal officer's salary and benefits. These are all by statute, Ohio statute. A resolution setting the township fiscal officer's salary and benefits, dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Discussion. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. We will do the same thing for the trustees. Once again, their pay and benefits are set <clears throat> by the ORC. A resolution providing for compensation to the township trustees and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. Barber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fiscal officer and uh, trustees also get a uh, uh, life insurance that's dictated by the ORC. And the resolution reads, a resolution providing for insurance benefits to the township trustees, the fiscal officer, and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarra. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. <clears throat> the next one has to do with the uh, uh, they call it a faithful performance. When we switch to the Otarma insurance, uh, we no longer have to buy bonds uh, for one price, which is like $660 a year. Uh, this particular thing will cover the, fisc the fiscal officer level, which is the, by state law has to be $250,000. But for the, for the single 660, we can include the trustees, we can include the administrator, the uh, road superintendent, the zoning inspector, and the finance off, uh, office person, uh, all for one price. Um, and they, they need a resolution to go along with us if we want to do this. A resolution adopting a policy to allow the use of an employee dishonesty and faithful performance of duty coverage document dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Discussion. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. And finally, the resolution that sets the trustee dates and times. <coughs> there were no changes. Uh, we're still calling for meetings to be on uh, first and third Tuesdays. A resolution setting trustee meeting dates and times and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Any discussion? And I realize I neglected to note for the record that uh, Trustee-elect Tracy Schwegman is here in the crowd today also. So welcome to the meeting. You've been here the whole time. But just to confirm, uh, you're good with these times too, correct? She is. All right. Uh, Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Reed? Aye. And also, uh, Ms. Gregman is <coughs> listed on the uh, faithful performance <coughs> list. Excuse me. 
<clears throat> we have some large POs. <clears throat> and since I'm losing my voice, Tracy will go over them with you. <laughs> They're on the board. Okay, so these are all purchase overs over $5,000. Uh, PO number 759-2021. Vendors, the Ohio Treasurer. With a CB13L loan payment, $37,490.17. 768-2021. Jefferson Health Plan for Fire Health Care. $116,730.50, 788-2021, Cintas Fire for the alarm system, $32,879, 793-2021, uh, to par public safety equipment, which is equipment for the 2021 Tahoe, $6,676.06, Number 794, 2021, also to par public safety equipment, which is equipment for the 2021 Chevy Silverado, $6,821.23. 795-2021, vendor is the Knox Company. This is for Knox boxes. It's $11,821. 796 2021 to River City Body, which is fold away cargo shelving, $10,933. 2021 Restroom Direct, Touchless Drinking <coughs> Fountains, $14,723.58. 822-2021, Joseph Chevrolet. 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500 Crew Cab, $47,935. 823-2021 Velocor LLC phone upgrades, $26,500. And 826-2021 Bureau of Workers' Compensation 2022 policy for $98,790. Eleven, eight, twenty-two, eight, twenty-three. Those are all out of CARES Act money, uh, Chief, or any of the other ones up there. For CARES Act, <clears throat> no. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, you said eight twenty-two, eight twenty-three, and which one? Eight, eleven, twenty-two, twenty-three. You say eleven, twenty-two, and twenty-three. Okay, there we go. Yeah, those are the only CARES Act ones. Yep. Motion to approve uh, purchasers over $5,000. And a second. Any discussion? And I'll just note the list for the record quickly then, 759, 768, 788, 793, 794, 795, 796, 811, 822, 823, and 826 are the PO numbers. Mr. Porter, will you call the roll? Mr. Barber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. We have nothing else. We have your voice back. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I'm glad you only had a few things for us tonight there. Uh, fiscal officer report. Mr. Porter. Yes, we have receipts of $748,970.31, disbursements of $457,668.30. A complete listing of all receipts and disbursements is available in the packet. Motion to approve. Second. Discussion. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. 
Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Oh, aye. Oh. Aye, aye. Wrong Tom. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mr. Porter. Trustee comments. Mr. Weedman. Uh, I, I, all I have is for, uh, again, we've already talked about this tonight, but the uh, the crew doing the uh, leaves are doing a fantastic job. Tracy, pass on our uh, thanks to them. And, uh, that's really all I have. Mr. LaBarbera. And, and I'll share Tom's sentiment. Thank you very much. You guys did a great job. I'm in my house. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll pass that along. And I'll share that sentiment, too. Um, a week or two ago, I was able to go to an event sponsored by the Coalition of Large Urban Townships, or CLOUT, which is one of the uh, things we approved membership in tonight. It was very valuable. It was a discussion on ways to try to spend some of this use-it-or-lose-it federal money raining down on us. Uh, and that, that's a valuable resource, as are some of the other things we belong to. So I thought I'd mention that. And I want to thank Mr. Weedman and his wife, Diane, for a personal gesture they made in relation to my wife recently that we very much appreciate. Nope. Thanks for that, and please pass it on to your wife as well. Um, announcement changes. The Zoning Commission meeting for December 13th and the BZA meeting for December 20th have both been canceled due to lack of agenda, as noted. Uh, check our calendar for other changes uh, and our website for that as well. At this point, I'll move to uh, adjourn into executive session with Law Director Deepak Desai as permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22 to consider the employment, discipline, and compensation of public employees or officials, to consider the investigation of complaints against a public official, and to discuss imminent litigation, and to discuss pending litigation. Second. Was right. that a motion? That was a motion. Second. Yes. Uh, right. I would like to also include Tracy Schwegman in, uh, our Trace, uh, Trustee-elect Tracy Schwegman in on these uh, executive sessions as well. And, and to the extent we can, without causing a privilege problem, I, I'm fine with that. Mr. Desai, if you'll advise us as to when she might need to step out of the room for anything, um, we will do that. Uh, we've, we've got a variety of things here. We'll take a quick break first before we do it. We need a vote to go into session, of course. Um, uh, and there will be different people in each of these. So do I need to state on the record who's in what? In doing this as part of the motion? Yeah, let's, um, so we've got one invite from Ms. Schweigman, mm -hmm. and then who else are we inviting in? Uh, to, to the broadest grouping of these, Mr. Warwick, uh, Mr. Kellums, you, the three trustees, Mr. Porter, and uh, we need Mr. Miller for the litigation that we're looking at. Yeah, yeah and then Mr. Miller as well. Uh, and then we'll reduce from that as needed for various sessions within this. So, uh, Mr. Porter, we call the roll as to executive. Mr. Barber. Mr. Jameson. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. All right, it is 8.41 p.m. We are adjourning into several executive sessions, and we shall return.
Isn't that how it always goes? They've got such big targets on their back. <laughs> well, it's bound to be a lawyer's fault. There's three of them here. p.m. on still on Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. We have returned from executive session considering several matters. Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Uh, Mr. LaBarbera? Here. Mr. James? Here. Mr. Weedman? Present. We have two further things to mm -hmm. discuss here. First of all, the board will be holding a special meeting on Thursday. December 9th at 3.30 p.m., was it, I believe? 3.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. to discuss, uh, to conduct an executive session to discuss the, sorry, let me make sure I state this right. <laughs> the employment of a public employee. Thank, thank you. To discuss the employment of a public employee under Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22, is it? Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. yeah. This Thursday at 3.30? This Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Thank you. Same time? Or, <laughs> sorry, yeah, 3.30. Uh, so, and public notice will be going out about that, but the board wanted to get out notice as quickly as possible. <coughs> also, I understand there's one other agenda item that wasn't on there earlier among the 13 resolutions Mr. Warwick had. There were supposed to be 14. Um, so um, I'd move we consider that item as well if we can have that presented. Okay, so we should have a uh, motion to amend the agenda to consider an additional resolution. That is a resolution retaining the law firm of Donald and Donald Miller as legal counsel and retaining Deepak side attorney with Donald and Donald Miller as the township law director dispensing with the second reading. So we should have a motion to add that to the agenda. I move that we add that to the agenda as described by Mr. Desai. And I'll second that. Any discussion? May, may I see it since I haven't actually seen it? <laughs> so this is for calendar year 2022. Is this the same as the current rate, by the way? Correct. Okay, so $245 per hour retaining Mr. Desai as the law director. So we have a motion and a second. Any discussion from anyone? Well, that's just to amend the agenda. Oh, I'm sorry. So we need to, so you need to present that. this. All right, so. <coughs> so we need to vote on the motion to amend. Okay, so Mr. Porter? We have a motion to amend. Call the Has it been seconded? I'm sorry. It yeah, seconded it by Mr. Okay. LaBarbera. Oh, Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. Uh, James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. All right, now we have the resolution to present. Resolution retaining the law firm of Donald and Donald Miller as legal counsel and retaining Deepak K. Desai and attorney with Donald and Donald Miller as the township law director and dispensing with the second reading. I, I move that we approve the resolution. I'll second it. Any discussion as to that? All right, Mr. Porter, we call the roll, please. Uh, Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? No. 
I make a motion we adjourn. I'll second that. All in favor. Aye. Aye. It is 11.02 p.m. We are adjourned. Thank you.